And now, a special edition of the Toddcast Podcast. If you had to pick one career highlight, could you do it? Or is it just way too hard to nail it down to one thing? Personally, after working in terrestrial radio for almost 20 years, almost 15 of those at CFOX in Vancouver, at one point arguably the best rock station in the country, winning awards and crushing in the ratings, a damn near bulletproof on-air lineup, there's a lot of things personally for me that come to mind. Doing world album premieres with Metallica, Nickelback, Velvet Revolver, hanging out all day with Slash, Lars, Chad Kruger, doing my radio show from Dublin at the Jameson Whiskey Distillery, flying first class there and back, first class accommodations. That was incredible. Something I'll never forget. Broadcasting from the Irish house for the duration of the 2010 Winter Olympics. These are memories I will have for the rest of my life, and we all have them. Hell, even starting up this podcast in 2015 is a career highlight. Never in a million years did I think... It would still be going strong in 2020, kind of thought that I'd be doing maybe a year or two at the most, and then, you know, get back into radio. And here we are, 2021 starts year seven of the podcast, which is insane. And that is what this week is all about. You'll hear from 12 guests as they share their stories, their career highlights. Coming up in a few minutes, in listen to this. Canadian gold medal Olympian Ross Rebliati shares a near-death experience story from heli skiing in Alaska. It is a crazy story. That is powered by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley. RV Repair, Service, ICBC Accredited, Good Buddies. You can find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com. First, let's get into this Career Highlights podcast with a few musical guests, all of whom are now powered by Pineapple Sound, a recording and mixing studio in Langley since 2013. Check them out through pineapplesound.com. Musician, songwriter, record producer, badass, Devin Townsend stopped by the podcast studio. I think we did about a 70 minute podcast together, but we hung out for a couple hours, maybe even more really good dude. You'll know him of course, from strapping young lad and then into his solo career where he started, you'll hear hard rock and new age. There's ambient full symphony orchestras. He's incredibly talented, a smart guy, a humble guy. Check out what he said about career highlights. If it ended now, okay, here's a career highlight. If it ended now, I still have buddies that would help me move. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. It's true. That's a... I got friends that have got my back, man, through all this shit. Right. And it's like 30-year relationships, man. And it's like, I think if there's a litmus test for the fact that, yeah, I was an asshole back then and I messed this up and I got super high for a while and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, well, that's living. Right? That's living. Totally. Yeah. And the fact that there's people in my world now that are... are um, that still care enough about me to like tell me the truth is awesome. Melissa Etheridge has been around since 1988. Her debut album went to number 22 on the Billboard 200. Her single Bring Me Some Water was nominated for a Grammy Award for the Best Rock Vocal Performance. She didn't win, but she did win in 1993 for her song Ain't It Heavy. She won another Grammy Award for Come To My Window. She sold well over 6 million copies worldwide. It's an impressive career to say the least. I have had so many. I really, it's tough to say. I would have to say um, Singing With Bruce Springsteen definitely won. The uh, 
the Grammys of 2005 when I was able to step back on stage after, well, while, while being in treatment for cancer. That's probably the one that has had the most, that still has reverberations. People still come up and talk to me about that. And that's mm. been 12 years ago. When you talk about influential rap bands, Run DMC has got to be near the top of the list. The first group in the genre to have a gold album, the first to be nominated for a Grammy Award, the first to earn a platinum record, the first to earn a multi-platinum certification, the first to have videos on MTV, the first to appear on American Bandstand and the cover of Rolling Stone, the only hip-hop act to perform at Live Aid in 1985, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2009. From all of that, listen to what DMC says about career highlights. Meeting Sarah McLachlan, because her music saved my life. I was an alcoholic, metaphysical, spiritual, suicidal wreck who was about to kill himself. And this was 93, 1993, I heard Sarah McLachlan's record, Angel. And when I heard that record, Angel, that was the only thing that would kept me from jumping off roofs. For one whole year, all I did was listen to Sarah McLachlan records. Um, I got the pleasure of meeting her by going to a party that I didn't want to go to because my manager was like, let's keep Daryl busy. As long as we keep him busy, he won't kill himself. So mm-hmm. my manager took me to Clive Davis' Grammy party, and um, I got to meet Sarah McLachlan. And then three years after that meeting, I got to um, record a song with her. And just her music, her as a person, you know, I told her, the name of the record is Angel. You sound like Angel. People say you're Angel to me. You're Angel, but you're not Angel to me. You're God. You're, your music saved my life. And she looked at me and she said, thank you for telling me that, Daryl, because that's what music is supposed to do. And since that meeting, that is one of the first, um, that is one of the most prolific statements that is ingrained in me as an artist. That's what music is supposed to do. It's not about being rich and famous. It's about being money. It's about touching and saving people's lives. And simply put, Steel Panther write catchy songs. They're fun. Pre-COVID, they toured the world. Girls getting up on stage and ripping off their shirts. People partying backstage. Playing sometimes to 50,000 people at festivals. Their live show is one of the best all time. Here's what Steel Panther singer Michael Starr says about career highlights. Each step of the way is a highlight. So like even when we were a cover band back in early 2000s, we were selling out the Viper Room. So at that moment, that was like the best ever. You know, you're on the Sunset Strip selling out the Viper Room. And then we go to the Roxy and start selling that out. And that, to me, in my career, was a, a huge success story for us. And then we went to even a bigger club called the Key Club. Double the capacity. Sold that out every Monday. Another milestone. Then the House of Blues played there until it closed down. We actually played there. We played more shows at the Hollywood Sunset House of Blues than any other band ever had played there. So that's a big milestone. And then to go play Download Festival in Donington in the UK to 75,000 people two bands before Aerosmith on the main stage. Wow. Pretty big deal. Then, to go play Vakken this year, we're going to play in Germany. It's a festival that holds 100,000 people. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I wish my 
penis would do that. <laughs> Musical guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Pineapple Sound, providing recording and mixing services for a wide range of artists and genres since 2013. Check them out at pineapplesound.com.
And now, listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast. You'll likely remember Ross Rebliati's Olympic gold medal win at the 1998 Nagato Olympics simply from the way that it played out. He was the first Olympian to win gold in men's snowboarding. After the win, they found THC in a blood test. He was disqualified, medal taken away. That decision was overturned because marijuana was not on the list of banned substances. The day after he got his medal back, Ross went on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and the rest is history. And when Ross was a guest, we talked about that infamous gold medal win, seeing Metallica and Pink Floyd in concert. We talked about his marijuana company, Ross's Gold. We talked family, snowboarding, the shows that he was binge-watching at the time. And Ross shared a near-death experience story from heli skiing in Alaska. Listen to this. I was on a really crazy steep slope, like 50 degrees, and um, it was one of those slopes where if you fall, it's just like jumping off a building, like you're not stopping. And uh, I was able to, I did. ended up doing a a forward roll, sort of, because it was so steep, and then I dug my board in sideways and um, was able to stop. But Alaska was probably that, was that moment, and then... That's probably the the one. I did see a shark a couple of times surfing in Costa Rica, but it wasn't like trying to get me, so I didn't really feel like I, w- I might have died. But the one time in Alaska was pretty scary. Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com. Hey, little sister. Always be your friend I fear that a time together slowly Come to an end Oh, oh, yeah I'm a sinner Look in my eyes Oh 
Just a phenomenal voice. The band is The Selfish Herd, and the song is Little Sister. Originally a Vancouver band, but now their singer lives in Toronto, and I'm not sure if they're still banging it out out east or what, but man, a very strong project nonetheless. And you heard Ben Sinister, and an older track for those guys called Better Things to Do, and we had planned an acoustic night with their singer Dan Moxon prior to COVID shutting down the world. And who knows when we're going to be firing up those shows again at the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe. We had an awesome three-year run with them. They're booking shows again, but it's limited to 50 people, and that's just not big enough for what we're doing with them. So who knows our timeline to getting back to doing shows with those guys again. Okay, Todd's Trolls is coming up. The stupid, mean, hurtful, the funny things that people say to what you post, what you see online. This week, Kylie Minogue, wow, there's a name you haven't heard for a while, the new movie My Dad's Christmas Date, and the Melbourne Cup horse racing share that beautiful spotlight. Powered, as always, by our friends at The Garage, Games and Geekery in Maple Ridge. It's your place to play Warhammer, D&D, Slay Trolls, and a lot more. Very cool store. Check them out online at garagegames.ca. First, more of our guests share stories in this Career Highlights podcast and a few of our sporting guests. NHRA national event winner Alexis DeJoria broke onto the scene in 2005. In the super gas category, it only took her eight months, under a year, for her to get her first win. Then she moved on to race top alcohol funny car. She was the second woman to race under four seconds with a 3.997 second quarter mile in Pomona, California. Oh gosh, my career highlight was winning the U.S. Nationals at Indianapolis, the 60th anniversary. It just doesn't get any better than that. And being able to do it in, in the most amazing fashion against John Force, the most winningest funny car driver mm-hmm. in, his, in the history of NHRA, beating him in the finals, like waxing him on the tree. I, I mean, and I love John. This isn't a diss at all. But to do, to do that against the greatest funny car driver to ever live, mm-hmm. I mean, in the finals, to beat him in the finals, to win that race is, I mean, there's nothing better. And to be able to give that, you know, Wally to Connie Kalita, who I, I had the pleasure and, uh, you know, to race for him was just incredible in, in itself. I mean, he's a legend. He's amazing. And he was the last one to win an indie, an indie race, you know, on that team. So to be able to give him another indie win uh, was just really mm. incredible. That guy yeah. has got to taste mm, 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 good. Yeah. <laughs> That and my whole family and their good. family was there, too. My dad was there. Awesome. And this is the funniest thing. So I had won races before that 
obviously, but he had never been there for a win. Mm. And that was his first win. Amazing. <laughs> like being with me, that was his first win was in, was the U.S. Nationals. And my husband was there. My kids were there. It was just, it was, it was incredible. You'll know MMA fighter Benson Henderson from his time with the UFC and currently fighting with Bellator MMA. He's a former UFC lightweight champion, a former WEC lightweight champion. He has big wins over Nate Diaz, Cowboy Donald Cerrone, Frankie Edgar, Jorge Masvidal. Check out what Benson said about career highlights. You can take your pick. For me personally, I don't really have one. Like I've had a lot of great experiences and a lot of amazing experiences. But I, I like to, normally I take that question back to who's ever asking. I ask them what my their favorite uh, career thing of mine was. And I'll say, I say, I go with that one. Right, because um, <laughs> right, there's so like, many is what you're for saying. For me, I, I had so many. They're all, yeah. they're, all, they're all really cool. Like, I appreciate each one for, for what it's worth. But, like, I don't know, like, they're cool. I like them all, but. Normally, ask the person like which which one of their favorite is uh, which right. one of mine is their favorite. And I go with that one. Sticking with MMA, you know UFC ring card girl Ariane Celeste for more reasons than fighting. She's been on so many magazine covers: Maxim, FHM, Sports Illustrated, Playboy. Her Playboy issue was the top selling issue that year. She was a co-host of Overhaulin back in 2014 and 2015, over 4 million people follow her on social media. A crazy career. My career highlight, hmm. I honestly think it's just like traveling the world because I I, I, know, I came from a very, you know, not, not rich family. We're all like working class family. And for me to be out of this country and see so many beautiful places and meet so many beautiful people and, be able to experience that is just like so it's it has been such an experience i never thought that i'd even get out of vegas mm-hmm. um, so <laughs> so that has been probably the highlight yeah and being on the cover of playboy was pretty cool too and when Boseco Locombo was a guest of the podcast back in 2018, he was a linebacker for the BC Lions. The first day of 2019's free agency, he signed a one-year contract with the Montreal Alouettes. Had a great year with them, 51 defensive tackles, eight special team tackles, and two interceptions. He played linebacker and safety for the Owls. And Locombo's playing rights were traded to the Toronto Argonauts at the start of 2020. You'll love what Boseco considers his career highlight. I think probably going, you know, um, having the chance to, to experience the NFL a bit. Yeah. And, um, and I don't know if you knew this, but the Ravens have always been my favorite team because of one simple guy, Ray Lewis. Okay. And when I was when I signed with um, with the Ravens, we uh, um, during our regular season back in 2017, we had a game in London, and um, it was versus the Jaguars, and they did a little um, kind of community service work thing in in London, and um, Ray Lewis ended up showing up to that community service and nice. like. I um I was starstruck, you know, because I've been following him football ever since I got into football. He's he he was my favorite player. He's been my favorite player. You know, now he's retired. You know, kind of doing his own thing. Writing, I like I even bought his book, um, all that, all that, and to actually be in the same field as him and to see him 
and to talk to him, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was probably the highlight of my career because it was somebody I looked up to for a long time, and I shared something with them, and they're just like, yeah, it was, it was special. Music, sports, entertainment, lifestyle. You're listening to the Toddcast Podcast. Powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world. Online at milanocoffee.ca. A look at this week's keyboard warriors, Todd's Trolls, 
on the Toddcast Podcast. And try as you might, it is pretty much impossible to stay away from the online chirping. It doesn't matter what it is, no one and nothing is safe. Kylie Minogue has won a Grammy Award, three Brit Awards, 17 ARIA Music Awards over her career, and she's about to release a new album in just a few days on November 6. It's called Disco. I guess if Kylie tours, they gotta call it the 80s MILF tour. Wow, really? Even at her peak, she was middle of the road. Imagine the train wreck she is today. I'll take has been one hit wonders for 500, Alex. Coming to theaters this weekend, my dad's Christmas date. It takes place in York, centered around a 16-year-old named Jules and her dad, David. He wants to communicate with her. She wants to ignore him. You know, kids. Jules' mom died in a car crash a couple years prior, and now she's trying to find her dad true love. It stars Mick Davis, Jeremy Piven, and Megan Brown Martinez. Trust me, Jeremy Piven will find a way to make me hate this movie. Sorry, not sorry. Whoever thinks releasing Christmas movies in November is a good idea needs to lose their job. I'd rather smoke a cigarette butt I found on the ground outside a well-known drug house then sit through this pile of crap. And a big one for horse racing goes down today. The Melbourne Cup is happening in Victoria, Australia. Too bad this wasn't interactive TV. You could whip those little jockey bastards. It's amazing that this animal cruelty still exists. It is the year 2020, isn't it? New drinking game. Every time you want to throttle the jockey for whipping his horse, drink. It'll make you feel better. Todd's Trolls on the Toddcast podcast is powered by The Garage, Games and Geekery, your place to play RPGs, board games, and Warhammer in Maple Ridge. Online at garagegames.ca.
song just sounds so good. The band is Switched to Black, and it's called Cigarettes. Great live band as well. We had them play a podcast Friday nights at the Railway about a year back, a year and a half now maybe. From the first note, great players, good songs, young guys too. There's lots of promise with those guys. And played you an older track from the Veer Union, a song called Watch You Lose. And prior to COVID, we'd been talking with their singer Crispin about doing another podcast show. And who knows, maybe when we get back to the live shows, we'll be able to coordinate with those boys again. It's not very often that they're in Vancouver. Most of the time, they're on the road touring in the States, as they should be, getting in front of new crowds. Speaking of live music, check out the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. Slowly but surely, our scene is starting to come alive. And if you feel safe, if you feel comfortable, getting out and supporting the bands the venues they need love and it's coming around again brought to you by mystic rhythms rehearsal studios that feels good to say that 40 plus years experience in the music industry find out more at mysticrhythms.ca. All right, episode 231, a Career Highlights podcast rolls along with a few of our entertainment guests, all of whom are brought to you by Tomes. Let them help you relieve stress and anxiety and ensure a good night's sleep. The first seven nights are 100% free at Tomes, that's right, free, at Tomes.com. That's T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com. T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S dot com. Canadian Brent Butt is one of Canada's best comics. He's been working on the craft since 1988. You'll best know Brent from his role as Brent on Corner Gas. He's won four Canadian Comedy Awards, was honored with the Comedy Network's Sir Peter Ustinov Award for his significant body of comedic work. So what's Brent Butt's career highlight? You know, after we did the, the series, we did six seasons, 107 episodes, the notion, we all kind of like the idea of coming back in a few years and doing a movie, doing an actual theatrical movie of Corner Gas. Mm. And so that was always on our radar. And that happened five years after the final uh, live action show aired, we, we made this movie. It took us about two and a half years to write it because it, it was a very tricky thing to write, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> really happy with the movie, and, and the response to the movie was way more than anybody expected. Like, we were like physically selling out theaters. Mm-hmm. None of us expected that. I remember getting a call from my brother in Calgary saying, I'm trying to go to your stupid movie, and I can't get a ticket. <laughs> I was like, am I supposed oh. to be upset by that? Or Right. <clears throat> so, anyway, the, the network approached us after the success of the film, and they said, you know, obviously the appetite is still there. People still want to see Corner Gas. Do you have any interest in doing more episodes? And we we just kind of didn't. We thought, you know, just coming back and doing more of the same would feel, you know, it would very much feel like kind of a rut. But, you know, it's a nice offer. And, and the notion of being employed is always, you know, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, you know, if we... Even my partners and we started talking about this. If we were to do something, what would we do? And that's when the idea of animation came up. Because we had talked about it once before, of doing an animated scene during the live action show. We did a, uh, an animated Lego version of Corner Gas, like a scene in one of the episodes. Right. And we had talked about doing a regular animated thing. It never came together. It wasn't practical. But So anyway, when we were started kicking around this idea of what could we do, that came up. It was like, 
we started revisiting the notion of an animated corner gas. If you're even remotely a comic book fan, the shows, the movies, one series worth watching is Supergirl, filmed here in Vancouver, and actor David Harewood plays the role of Martian Manhunter. You'll remember him also in Homeland as the CIA's counterterrorism director. That is a great show. He's a brilliant actor, trained at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, has a ton of TV and film experience going back to like 1993, a true master of the art with a beautiful career highlight. Wow, career highlight. I mean, I mean, it's, it has, has to be Homeland. I mean, I mean, literally, the, 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 year, the year I got Homeland, uh, my, my, the year before I got Homeland, my best mate in the world, who used to kind of make me laugh and tell me all these, you know, we just used to laugh all the time. He was the one person who was convinced that I was going to make it and um, was, would always just, con- just tell me, look, don't worry about it. You're going to make it. I've got no, no fear about it whatsoever. Absolutely convinced about it. And uh, on, on my daughter's birthday, we were about to walk out um, and go and, get, go and get some food for my daughter's birthday. I got this phone call and he died. Just He had a routine knee operation and he was dead. And uh, it just completely destroyed me. Wow. I was kind of like, I just lost my kind of rock. And I, I kind of was heavily grieving for about a year. I just couldn't. I didn't work for nine months. I just lost all my mojo, mm. lost my confidence, just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I, and I was just convinced I was going to go under. I couldn't pay my mortgage. I was fucked. I was just, no, I had no money. Mm. Uh, and, and I was, I was near bone and he broke. And um, my manager phoned me up and said, I said, look, you know, I've got this job. Uh, you know, they want to, they want your tape. Would you put yourself on tape? And I refused it. I said, no, I'm not in the mood. And then about a month later, he said, look, Dave, you know, Dave, still asking, would you really put yourself on tape? I said, I really, I haven't got the, I haven't got it. He went, just, he said, just put yourself, just, just do it. He said, just put yourself on tape for it. Just one time, just raise yourself and just do it. And I, and I did it. And then about a month later, uh, I got a phone call from my agent saying, congratulations. I said, what's that? He said, you just got Homeland. <laughs> awesome. And I, 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 I put the phone down and I said to my wife, I, I fucking got it. She said, what? I said, I've got that job, Homeland. And my wife started to tear up. And I, and she, I said, what's up? She said, do you know what day it is today? I went, no. She went, it's Louis's birthday. It's my mate's fucking birthday. Come on. I swear to God, on his birthday the next year, and I have not stopped working since. Wow. Dude, I literally have my arm hair is standing and on the, end right the, now. The, the, the dude from being broke one year and grieving and lost, the very next year, we won everything. So it won the Golden Globes. It wow. won, it won, it won, it won everything. So I was one year broke, you know, you know, just absolutely, I'm down to my last dollar. And then the next year, I was, I'm, at, I'm, you know, at parties with fucking movie stars and TV stars and walking past Charlie Theron and Leonardo DiCaprio and De Niro and, and I, I'm like in this room with all these fucking megastars and I'm. Just sitting there thinking, Jesus Christ, you know, it can happen that quickly. What you know? a story. So I, I just kind of thought to myself, this is from from being really low to being really high. So that was that was my 
that that year, winning winning everything with Homeland and the Emmys and the Golden Globes, and every time I went down that red carpet, I was just thinking, Jesus Christ, when is that you? Yeah, so wow. was, that was that was my highlights. If you lived in Canada in the late 80s, early 90s, the name Ed the Sock should be ringing bells. I was a big fan of what he did on Much, Much Music. A talking cigar, pushing the boundaries, calling out celebrities. How could you not like that? Green hair, green eyebrows, a scowl, a take-no-shit approach to the arts. I left Much Music, I started on Much Music in City TV in 1994, left in 2008. That's a lot of time, and a lot of highlights, and a lot of lowlights. So trying to think of what did I enjoy the most, it's pretty difficult to figure out what I liked the most. It's easier to figure out the people I liked the least, but mostly <laughs> I didn't pay that much attention. It was just a job. I went in, I did my shtick, I went the hell home. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, but highlights, I really liked uh, being at Woodstock 99. Oh, yeah, I bet. Because I was live on the air. I was the person, and this was noted in the media, I was the person who first said, this is about to go straight to hell. And it did. And I was the one who predicted it, which, you know, that's sort of odd notoriety. But I watched that for three days in blistering heat on a, in a venue that was an old military base, so it had no shade, no place people could skulk in the shadows, and people were charging 10 bucks for small bottles of water. I knew this was about to boil over. Yeah. And the, that afternoon, when they started knocking over the outhouses and body surfing in the crap, I, uh, th- I knew this was Lord of the Flies. And so being a part of something that's actually unfolding in front of you historically, that was great fun. But generally, just being on much music, being on a place where they let me say whatever I wanted. Nobody spoke to me beforehand saying, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to say about this? Nobody ever asked me. No one told me not to talk about something. No one gave me hell after. Well, maybe they gave me hell after, but it didn't really matter. Because going forward, they didn't, there was no rules. They allowed, they respected me enough to say, to let me do what I want to do, say what I wanted to say, and they allowed the other VJs of my generation to be who they were. They hired people who they, who they knew, who they trusted, whose personalities they liked, and said, go do your thing. And this, see, this is the thing that's gone missing in those last 10 years. Mm-hmm. As more and more people, media figures and politicians, became very tightly controlled about what they were saying or allowed to say. This is why people around the world are starting to take to, to, to caught into the appeal of an idiot like Trump, because Trump says what he means and means what he says. So I think people are attracted to that as opposed to the crap that comes out of his mouth. My job is to, is to, to come back and do what I always did, which was say what I mean and mean what I say, but do it with some freaking brains. And you'll know Sanjita Patel as an ET Canada host and HGTV's Home to Win host. She started off her career as a presenter on the Weather Network back in 2014. She made Hello Magazine Canada's 50 Most Beautiful People list a big career. So what's been the highlight? Uh, um, I, I'm one of those people who live for the moment. It doesn't matter what it is. I get excited by everything and anything. Um, but, oh, shoot, I don't know. Do you like in terms of meeting someone or just overall? Uh, in general, what, what, what popped to your mind when I said that? Oh, I don't know. I'm just so blessed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the coolest things is that I'm able to connect with 
Uh, one of the things I love to do is interviews and having the opportunity to connect with these guys is, it's pretty cool. You know, and a lot of uh, stars would say they, I mean, reporters or say they really connect with people, but you find those moments. And so I like creating those moments. So uh, for me, maybe, oh boy, um, <laughs> it's tough. Uh, the Rock and I are, you know, we message each other. We're friends. Come he knows on. my name. And, That's awesome. you know, we, yeah, it's kind of cool. It is, I, I think of him as a, like an older brother kind of thing, but he he's my he's been my mentor when it comes to fitness because fitness is such a big part part of my life and for him to acknowledge the the amount of work I do so it's something like that maybe like that's really cool to me um, so I don't know yeah there's so many great moments mm-hmm. tough to pick know. for sure yeah it's hard being at the Golden Globes this year during the Me Too change I don't know there's just <laughs> there's so many that's a tough one you're gonna have to come back to me on that one yeah. I feel the same way. Like I look back at my career and I'm like, man, I, I don't know. I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not quite like you, but I'm, you know, I had a, a, few, a no. good run here in Vancouver for 15 yeah. years. So yeah, it's a tough one. It is. Yeah. Everything's been great. I've been blessed. I've been, I'm lucky for where I am right now, even home to win to do that. You know, that's a highlight being able to give away a house to a family that deserves it at yeah. the end of her. That's, like, that's so cool. That, it that's is amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, it is, and I'm the only one who knows, like, there's 50 of us out there, and I'm the only one who knows who won the house. And so my director's in my ear, and he goes, okay, this is the one time you get to deliver this line. Don't F it up. Right. Um, and <laughs> we so, are not double-taking this. No, don't cry. Right. Like, your temperature, your lips is trembling. Try to get rid of that. You know, take your moment. Um, and, like, that's just, like, okay, maybe that's the highlight is to give away a house, a million-dollar house. Like, that's just insane. Entertainment guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Tomes, where quality sleep matters. Find out more at Tomes.com. That's T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com.
Just an absolute crushing band. What a shame that no Vancouver rock stations support music like that. They are Wayne Grow, and I love that one. It's called Bathed in Tongues, a good, aggressive local Vancouver rock band. As we wrap up this Career Highlights podcast, episode 231, thank you so much for being there. Hope you enjoyed what you heard with our guests this week, 12 of them sharing stories. Normally, we do three guests per week, and release the podcasts on Tuesday. And my name is Todd Hancock. If you're not already, you can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, SoundCloud. Check us out on the Dean Blundell Network as well out of Toronto at deanblundell.com and the Boot Crew Media Network out of New Orleans at bootcrewmedia.com. Comment and rate the podcast as well. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast. Big thanks to all of our fantastic sponsors. We straight up couldn't, we wouldn't do it without their support. You can find links to all sponsor. Takes a lot of time to do this podcast. Um, find all links to sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca. Find the podcast there as well. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can for as little as 10 bucks a day. It's cheap like borscht. There's contact info at the homepage. Maybe we'll hang out and see what's up. Till next week, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and bookmark toddhancock.ca. 